Put on your big Hollywood sunglasses and light the torch because it's cellar time. Welcome to the Crack Cellar. As the prophecy was once sent into the middle of the jungle with a bunch of actors and Nick Nolte. I'm T-Spirit Penguin Daniel. And I am Nick Nolte. <laughs> and uh, the main character of Onimusha is not Sananosuke. How do you feel about that? I was kind of bummed, but you know, whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty lit. I don't know yeah. about this, but as a historical character, pretty tight. Yeah. So, so uh, we get Brave Fencer Musashi instead of our, our OG. And it's totally, there's no Nobunaga. It, it like literally has absolutely Ollie? nothing to do with the original video game except for the gauntlet, right? That's it. That's the only connection. Uh, I mean, well, fuck it. We're not really doing spoilers. He, Mus- oh, we're Musashi doing spoilers. Has, going to spoilers. No, no, no. I mean, not like we don't give a fuck anymore. Um, he did have the Samonosuke esque Oni transformation from the first game. That was kind of. Yeah, I mean the next closest thing. I, I guess count you that could as say. a. I count that as a part of the oh. gauntlet, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, they did have OG enemies too. They had the OG mm-hmm. yep. zombie enemy, and then the Minotaur archer <laughs> guy on the chariot. He kind of was like an OG red archer, but I mean, they, I get no. Wait a minute, they did have the red archers. They they did in the forest. Yeah, right. didn't they? I thought they showed up in an episode. If they did, I totally missed that. (laughs) Well, it's because they were all throwaway, to be honest. Like, a lot of the scenes were super... Only the last two episodes were really, like, significant as far as storyline goes. Everything else was, like, really super loosey-goosey, like, trying to tell this... Yeah. This, then that storyline. I think it suffered from poor pacing. M- oh, most. for sure. They tried to cram way too much shit into eight episodes, eight 30 mm-hmm. minute episodes. It's essentially a long movie. And yeah. uh, it, it, it was a little jarring. And, you know, right off the bat, as soon as I started watching episode one, I'm like, the broadcaster will be pleased. There's that 3D <laughs> berserk animation he loves so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny too. The only reason I the only reason I even put up with it was because I was just like, well, it's only Musha and it's been over a decade. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna stomach this. It was god awful. That that animate dude. Yeah. I hate that 3D animation garbage so much. I just don't get why they do it. And it they rub salt in the wound Not- too. Because you know did you notice in the flashbacks? With a uh, um, young lemon, you know when they hit it, it went back to traditional animation just for yeah. his flashbacks. Like what? Yeah. Fuck you! <laughs> I honestly, that's a sign. That tells me that's a sign of uh, our, our direction shift. Mm-hmm. Like something tell. Like I was like, why? Why did they do that? Like, yep. Out of all this, I mean, I get why you would want certain scenes to pop, but. You didn't do it for the last six episodes or seven episodes, so it's kind of like none why of the fights. Now? None of the fights makes, were like that. Like they were all three yeah. D, and dude, it ruined it. Like the final fight with Oni transformation, Brave Fencer Musashi going against uh, what was that guy's name? His final opponent, it's like Soki uh, or something. Well, because you're. Um, Kojiro. Yeah, okay, Kojiro. Um, His final battle with Kojiro was so, like, meh, because it was just a bunch of 3D animation waffling back and forth, and it just looked, uh, oh, God, it sucked. I hate that shit. It's kind of a weird thing, because Onimusha was kind of a cult classic for Mm -hmm. American audiences, 
But yeah. as far as Japanese audiences go, it had a very historical-based audience. A lot of people that appreciate appreciated history and no, like Nobunaga's Oda's fantasy take and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, they appreciated those things. So it's weird when you see a Netflix adaptation go ahead and take the liberty with doing a whole new storyline, but base it on uh, Musashi Miyamoto, which mm-hmm. is... I mean, he's kind of cool in America, but not a lot of people know about him too much. And I saw a lot of calls in the anime to his actual, I don't know if you would call it historical origins or whatever, but if you read like uh, the Book of Five Rings or like other, I was about to say autobiography, but other um, tellings of of his life and stuff, they talk about certain battles and stuff. And Kajiro is one of them. Uh, yeah. At the very end, I don't know if you noticed, he had an oar, a broken oar in his hand. Uh, yeah, yeah. When he went back to human, like, I don't want to be an Oni, and I'll fight you with my wooden yeah. oar. That whole part didn't make any sense to me, by the way. Can you explain that? I still well, don't does, understand what happened there. It's it's a very poorly written thing, but the only thing I took away from it and it's only and it's because i know that there's a famous story of musashi going to a i'm pretty i don't know if the guy's name was kajiro like in this in this onimusha series but he was like a famous swordsman that wanted to fight musashi and musashi like um told him to meet him at a certain time and place that was a beach and musashi hid a broken oar handle under his kimono or his uh whatever they call those fucking robes, samurai robes. I think Kimono and is correct. Is Kimono, yeah. And, uh, at, like, during the battle, he pulled a dirty trick and sla- they and pulled out the oar and stabbed the dude in the chest mm-hmm. and killed him. And it was a very famous fight where everyone, like, some people called him dirty because samurais were all about honor. But he, like, a lot of people are like, no, he's being very tactical. He, like, he knew exactly what he was going to fucking do and he executed it, like, with precision. So, I think that's what that scene was calling back to. Because I was like, there's no other reason to give him an oar in his hand out of all the other things that, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's what stood out to me. I was like, are these guys, like, trying to call to the musashi fans out there are they trying to correlate musashi fans with onimusha fans right now because maybe some of those i mean here i am i know but it just seems like a weird a weird take when there's mm-hmm. so many other like like you know you have jubei yagyu from onimusha 2 you have samanoke akechi from 1 and 3 you have jean renault's character i think his name uh was Reno or something yeah, that sounds in correct. Onimusha 3? I can't remember, but I played the fuck out of those games, so they're kind of in my brain, but there's those characters. Then, of course, there's Nobunaga, like you brought up. There's um, some of the aside, uh, the guy from Onimusha 4, mm-hmm. Dawn of Dreams. I forgot that guy's name. Uh, uh, but, you know, there's... What's her name? Uh, Sam Noisuke's sidekick that actually like I recently played Onimusha Remastered and she, like at the very end of the game they kind of the narrator kind of tells you in like a gist what um what happened after the end of the game they're like Sam Noisuke went on with the princess blah 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 and then it briefly talks about the the sidekick Sam Noisuke had that you play as temporarily yeah. in the game and the narrator's just like she went off to war and died it's just like damn dude they just bodied her off screen like that so i mean there's so much there's so much content out there where they could have like fulfilled other cool characters storylines i really wish i would remember her name right now is i want to say like tanichi i don't know some shit but anyways i guess get back to what i was saying is the series story was based on something that just seemed randomly picked. They're like, Musashi's a cool historical samurai. Let's just put a gauntlet on his hand and mm-hmm. <laughs> call it an Onimusha storyline. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I went into it ex- expecting an adaptation of the original Onimusha game. 
And yeah. we absolutely got nothing of the sort. And nope. I don't know if you'll agree with me on this or not, but I think if they actually did do a proper adaptation of the original Onimusha, it would have been a much better anime than what oh, we for got. Sure. For because sure. what yeah, we well, got was like a seven samurai ripoff. Weird, like not really. True. But I didn't even think about that. It, it was kind of like a samurai. It was a seven samurai thing. It's like they just, it's like they reached into the bag of Japanese cliches and like they just pulled as many Japanese samurai cliches as they could find for this anime and didn't bring anything unique from Onimusha other than the gauntlet. It, well, the Oni clan, like yeah. Musashi's the like little yeah. Oni face clan mm-hmm. meeting is like literally taken straight out of That's Onimusha true. 1. That's true, yeah. So there's that. There's there a, are callbacks. There, I mean, like I said, there's the OG zombie that's massively over CGI generated. Mm, in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's the Oni scenes, the gauntlet. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's not much there. I, they had one them. scene. They had one scene where he literally actually sucked souls. That was my favorite part. Broadcaster yeah. Nichols, that was I my was, favorite part of this entire goddamn anime. Was that it was cool. It was pretty cool. <laughs> He's just Dude, hunched colors, over and you just see the souls coming over his shoulders yeah. and the shadows. That was badass. And it also was like the best illustration of like the mm-hmm. CGI. Like and, it showcased like how good the colors could be in a CGI setting if they could just get everything else right. <laughs> and you know, there there are a couple of good moments in the end. And I, I don't want to totally disregard like the the last three episodes of the show because a lot of stuff happens. You know, there's some kind of cool stuff that happens. But for my money, the best part of this show was that episode where he fights the Yakisoba brothers and the chick and the little girl gets stuck in the bell that's on fire and the fucking monk mm-hmm. does his best TN impression against Cell fucking doing the fucking tri-beam to get her out of the bell. Like, that whole thing was great, and then it was capped off with the fucking soul orb-sucking scene that we're talking about. That was that was the pinnacle of this show right there. That's pretty sick. I'm not going to lie. I laughed pretty hard because he was... He was acting like he was going to beat that fire for a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as soon as he touched, he's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> it, it, no, it totally like I totally thought this was like a like a supernatural element. Like he was going to become some like Buddha, like super Buddha yeah. soldier or something. And like they kind of make you think that for a second, <laughs> and then like, nope, he's Freddy Krueger and he's dead. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. He sticks around as a force, as a force ghost for the most part. He has a couple parts where he's like, "Yo, pick up the gauntlet, dude." The disrespect, dog. <laughs> that scene cracked me up. Musashi's like, "Silly me," <laughs> and then proceeds not to pick it up in the yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah, that's also you know before my brain forgets. That scene illustrated something to me that's like my brain was picking up on the whole time. The force ghost scene. Yeah, well, it was the context of him, like, being like, yo, the gauntlet's on the ground, dude. Like, what the fuck? Like, this whole journey has been about respecting the gauntlet. And then Mm -hmm. he kind of, like, turns around and says a quip, but it doesn't actually show him pick it up. And, like, it made me realize there's a lot of scenes, and I don't know if it's just a limitation of the way they do the CGI shit, but you don't see a lot of dynamic movements all in one fluid scene. No, you see a lot of chopped up like yep. fluid actions, and I like maybe could they not actually make the scene where he turns around, kneels down, and picks up the gauntlet and kind of looks at it? It made me realize I'm like maybe this shit isn't as far advanced as we think it is. No, you know? this it is so crystal clear to me that this show had insane budget constraints. And I think you picked up yeah. on something earlier when you said there was like a, a shift at some point when we were talking about how the back, the, the backstory yeah. gets this beautiful hand-drawn animation. Whereas the rest of the show is the God awful CG <laughs> yeah. shit. It makes me wonder if they started the show with the backstory originally, and they were going to do it chronologically, right? Not like, go back in the middle of episodes, but actually start the show at the beginning and go through the backstory in the beginning. But then they're like, we're canceling this shit. And then the producer was like, 
what if we do the rest in CG at like 20% the cost? And they're like, okay, you can finish it. I wonder if something like that happened. For sure. Well, the other thing that stood out to me was Lemon. Mm -hmm. Lemon, like, was... I mean, it could have been their own, like, interpretation of having a plot twist, you know? I totally understand that, but it felt anticlimactic to me. And it also, like, when you correlate it with the fact that some of what the What aspect of Lemon do you think was the plot twist, quote-unquote? Uh, him not really being anything. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. And, well, that and the fact that I think his name was... He was like Rufus from FF7. Kind of. Mm. Not really. <laughs> but for oh, no, Rufus you know, he's, really, he's, he's like Rufus's dad from FF7. <laughs> the guy who yeah, gets the sword yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Act 1. <laughs> he, the guy you walk into the room getting fucking held by Sephiroth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that guy. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> Just, it, it felt weird to me that they were the whole series was building up to this grand scheme of lemon getting the gold from this town and forming a pact with the genma and uh you know hatching this mysterious plan that no one knows what's mm-hmm. what it's going to be you know it's just like it's going to be a bright future if we go with lemon type of shit yeah and then it it just all of a sudden evaporated and turned into this like yujiro is next to him and it turns out he's the well i think they actually revealed the whole rivalry thing a couple episodes back but like once they once they meet it's like because you're just fucking bodies lemon and mm-hmm. he's off screen for like half the episode or not if not the rest of the episode and he becomes like a c-plot where like you find him in a room Limb, delimbed and he's like yeah. about to die and what the other character finds and just for a brief second for a brief second this guy turns into Aizen from Bleach ah, and you, you stole and my thunder man I was and, gonna say dude in anime the yeah, second dude, you find a character that's the quote unquote nice guy that's super like I'm not that great with the sword I'm here for my diplomatic skills and he has yeah. like glasses on and like kind of a nerd haircut that's the fucking villain, gentlemen. That's the villain. For sure, but it's like a roller coaster in fucking like two minutes with this character because he's like, yeah. he appears in the room and the guy's like, dude, help me. Help me become a Genma, right? And then we'll like, we'll fulfill the destiny that I talked about. And you think just for a second, you're like, oh, this guy actually sympathizes with his friend Lemon for a second. And then it's like, no, I have a secret mission to body you and kill anybody <laughs> that knows about the fucking, the gold mine. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh shit, this guy's a villain. And then he yeah. turns around and looks at the kid and the kid's like, oh, oh fuck, I'm next. Don't kill me. And then he's like, nah, I'm just kidding. He like mm-hmm. pulls like a Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Yep. He's like, don't worry about it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to take a day off. Fuck, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> this shit's too hard. And and that's it. Yeah. That's just, that none of that made, I mean, it's cool. Don't mean, I mean, I'm sitting here kind of like laughing about it because it's, it's funny, but it just all seems all not connected. It all just seems really chopped up and they, they threw a storyline together, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lemon, like all of it. It just seemed weird. It seemed like everyone was supposed to have more story and more like in a different area. Like that guy doing his whole little villain air, like moment right there. It feels like we should have had more scenes with him kind of alluding to yep. him being an evil guy, you know? The whole the whole show's like that. Like every character's like that. You you like and they they kind of kill each character off sort of systematically throughout the show. You start out with the set the seven samurai and each episode one of them dies and eventually yeah. it's just Aizen who conveniently survives now in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. Conveniently the fucking <laughs> The villain is the one that survives and he, you know, takes his sunglasses off and slicks his hair back and says, Good night, Lemon. <laughs> Straight up, dude. Like, like, gives him a sense of being goodbye. <laughs> I did enjoy the animation they gave for that sense of being death. Like, what they showed his eyes, like, crack open and shit. <laughs> they put a lot of details in weird spots where it's like, 
where are these details everywhere else in the show? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's kind of where the theory of it being like salvaged in a way. You know, it's like they had bigger ambitions with an Onimusha series and then it got put on ice for a long time because I'm mm. pretty sure this series got announced a long, well, rumors or something a long time ago. Yeah. And then it finally just randomly came out. So you might be half right with it. Yeah. Just like some of these scenes just been sitting around for years and they're like, let's just fill all this in with cheap CGI, you know, yeah. like for all we know, Lemon could have been the basis of the actual original story and Musashi, they could have just pitched the idea to sell it and get a green light and be like, yeah, actually Musashi Miyamoto randomly comes into the storyline and we explain why he was such a powerful samurai throughout history. It turns out he was an Oni soldier and like, they're like, Mm -hmm. and then it probably got canceled or something. And they're like, you know what? Let's bring it back and just make it all about Musashi. That will sell easy, you know? Yeah. It's like, obviously, that's all just conjecture and bullshit in my head, but I'm saying, like, I feel like something like that easily could have happened, you know, because it's all just, it doesn't seem rock solid. It doesn't seem like a, like a story someone pitched, you know? Yeah, you have these seven samurai, and each one, they have one moment before they die, essentially. Each character (laughs) gets one moment. Like the Falconer, uh, Goru Maru or whatever, the fat guy, he pretty much does nothing the entire show. And then all of a sudden shit gets wild and he's like, all right, I got to call in my Falcons. And his Falcons are sick. They're just decapitating zombies and shit. They're OP, dude. Dude, they were the shit. And then he immediately dies. And every character is the same way. Like they do nothing. Then all of a sudden they do something cool. And then they're dead right after every single character that essentially well, happened with. Yeah. Do keep in mind, there's eight episodes. So right. It does so have to it, go by quick, but it, it does. Yeah. But it just like when it comes to like a short, quick show like this, I think it it's it smart. simple. Yes. Yeah. Don't have so many fucking characters. You don't need yeah. that many for a fucking. This is a movie. Essentially, it's a it's not a real anime. It's a fucking long movie. And for a movie, if you just compare it to movies, it feels like we got to know these characters less than any other movie I've ever seen in my life. Like, just all these characters, it's like, okay, like, here and gone instantly. I think, like, if you want to do a a quick series properly, especially with an existing video game IP like Onimusha, Mm -hmm. it would have probably behooved them to just take a cool section of an actual Onimusha game, like say the beginning of Onimusha three, or oh, the the beginning of Onimusha um, three was fucking the shit. Yeah, or like um, a part, a cool uh, just. I guess what I'm saying is, is take a slice of action out of one of the existing games. Mm-hmm. and turn that into eight episodes and get people, new fans pumped up, like introduce them, just like make it all action. Because obviously they struggled to make a new A to B storyline in eight episodes where yeah. they could have just taken a flash of an existing storyline, like from Onimusha 1 or 3 or whatever, and got all these new people involved with all the action. They were like, mm-hmm. whoa, what's going on? This is fucking sick, dude. We got Transform Sam and Nosuke Akechi, or we got Jubei Yagyu in his demon form fighting the giant four-legged... Uh, did you ever play Onimusha 2? Jubei, of course. Dude, that fucking line he lays down in Obunaga at the end, he's like, I'll never sell my soul to the clan of... A, or the, yeah. Something of the demon. I forget what he says, but the, the dubbing of it was terrible, but iconic. It was, it was so good. It was just like <laughs> Castlevania Symphony of the Night. You remember that in the very beginning yeah. when fucking <laughs> Belmont meets Dracula? And he's, <laughs> what is a man, man. <laughs> a miserable yeah. pile of secrets. That little you? girl is running out, <laughs> and then he like gets the power of the eagle, the bunny, mm. and seal, and the rabbit. I don't know what the fuck it was. But... <laughs> I love that shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a sucker for that kind of cheese, man. That's my favorite kind of cheese. Is yeah. the bad Japanese dubs that work. They have to work, and yeah. 
in Castlevania Symphony Night's a good example of what I'm trying to talk about because mm-hmm. when I first played Symphony Night, I had no idea who Richter was. I didn't know mm-hmm. anything what was going on in the beginning. I just knew it was cool. Yep. And then I got interested in Castlevania. I was like, yeah. who's Richter? <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, he's so, the OG. I feel like that's what this series should have been, is yep. getting people excited about Samonosuke and Jubei and whoever that other guy was from Donna Dreams, if they w- really care about that guy anymore. Well, the, you can sure. fuck the Donna Dreams guy. I'm good without <laughs> yeah. him, but definitely yeah. bring in uh, Renee and Jubei and fucking Sanonosuke for mm-hmm. sure. It, it, you're, it just doesn't make sense because you're making an Onimusha anime and every single person that sees this on Netflix and is like, I'm going to watch this. I remember Onimusha. I like that game. Yeah. Every single person is going to be like, huh? Yeah, they gave them nothing. They like the god. They gave them like scraps to feed on, as far as Onimusha fans go. It's like they used the name to sell it, but then didn't deliver anything what you would expect from the title. It's just like it yeah. feels like a hoodwink a little bit. It's weird. It cared. It cared more about Musashi. The IP was more Musashi than it was Onimusha. Fuck yeah, I feel it was. Like, you know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Speaking yeah. of uh, cut budgets, broadcaster. Cut budgets. Uh, We're going to have to come back here at the crack cell. <laughs> <laughs> These chairs were expensive. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but I believe, and you know what? This is the crack seller, so maybe... maybe I hit the glass dick before we record this episode. I don't know, but... I think that the background art in this anime was AI generated. Did you notice the all of the generic forest backgrounds? Everything all was generic. <laughs> they dude, they had a so I've been using AI art a lot over the last year, so I'm really like my brain is sort of in tune with what it looks like because I've I've generated probably a thousand ai art images in the last year and as soon as i started watching this show my brain instantly was telling me this shit is ai generated these backgrounds these hand-drawn hand-drawn backgrounds for the 3d mess of the characters i believe are ai generated i saw there's two things that really make me think this first is it very odd branch placement in the close-up scenes on trees. You'll see branches that don't seem like they actually connect with the tree that it's supposed to connect to, which is a telltale sign. And then also the art style would change depending on the perspective. So if it was like a flat on the ground perspective versus like a sort of from the tree branch perspective, looking down, they would flip from one to the other and the art style would change between the two perspectives. That doesn't make sense for hand drawn, but it makes a lot of sense for AI generated because that's how AI generated works. The second you try and fuck with the, the perspective, it'll instantly fuck with the style that you get, even with the exact same um, verbiage in your command to generate. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about that. I couldn't tell. It's so no, no, very inkling. plain. I will say that. Like, mm-hmm. there's no, like I when you brought up the background and started talking about, it, I'm, I tried thinking in my head uh, if anything stood out to me, and then immediately I was like, I don't think anything a part of the art style like popped out to me. So you probably yeah. have a point. It was all very plain and bland and repetitive Mm -hmm. and my brain just went right past it yep i think these fuckers use 3d and they used ai backgrounds to make the cheapest anime in anime history and used the ip of onimusha to get it bankrolled this i feel like this is like a tim dillon uh business (laughs) this is fake business (laughs) this is fake fake business man i swear to god i (laughs) You know, I wish him well. <laughs> I wish him well. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's it. Is I mean, there's not really much else to say than to it. It's barely an Onimusha series, <laughs> you know. It's barely. 
with the capital B. It's, yeah. it's hanging on for dear life when you, especially as an Onimusha fan, like even mm-hmm. as a like someone that just knows about Onimusha going in, probably is kind of scratching their head, thinking, "Where's all the soul sucking?" and like, like uh, Nobunaga or whatever. <laughs> you know, they're probably even got some question marks. Let alone actual Onimusha fans are like, "This is not at all an Onimusha series." <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to lie, like, uh, two episodes in, I was thinking about um, calling you up and being like, should we pull an audible here? <laughs> like, it, <laughs> it starts out so bad in the beginning. And yeah, the, it, oh, yeah, you're right, dude, for yeah, sure. I was like, I don't even know if Nicholas is interested in this because of how bad the 3D was, and I know how sensitive yeah. you are to it. I'm like, he probably <laughs> wants to audible out of this, and I do, so maybe we should. But not gonna lie, my blood was boiling. Mm-hmm. I, saw, I was just like, oh, dope! It dropped ra- yeah. randomly. I was like, I didn't even know it came out. I was like, sweet, I got something to watch. Mm-hmm. And it, then my heart just sank, dude. I was like, yeah, because it's like it's not like you're going to sit through it because it's Onimusha because it's not Onimusha. They, they kind of hoodwinked <laughs> us. So it's, it's they this did. 3d with AI generated backgrounds that isn't actually Onimusha and it starts off super slow. So all these factors sort of go in and I'm just like, mm, I the only, uh, the re- <laughs> the main reason I, I think I stuck around is because the gauntlet was introduced so early. Yeah. So I was like, okay, all right, something's going to pop off with the gauntlet. That's they cool. had to do that. And, Musashi, I mean, he kind of looks like Samonosuke's dad, to be honest. Like he's like he's like elder Samonosuke, pretty much from mm-hmm. that a, a player perspective. So, yeah, and, you know, he got all that, and yeah, that's all we got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the the beginning is super boring. And I, what did you think about the sort of comedy they tried to infuse in the show? How how did you feel? Because Onimusha has about, like, zero the, comedy. The original Onimusha had zero. I don't. I never played the one with the the um, gender fluid kid, the Dawn of Dreams or whatever. That one I skipped. But in the original trilogy, there wasn't was much comedy, them. dude. I there. Uh, I mean, there was to some degree like a fourth wall breaking perspective, you know, like one of the most infamous unlocks was the panda suit. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you ran new game plus you literally ran around the game in a giant like panda costume. And That's not quite what zombies. I'm talking about, but fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'm more yeah. talking about dialogue, story, character interactions. There wasn't like the, the funniest part of Onimusha was the bad dubs that we were referencing earlier. Yeah, for like, sure. That was the yeah. comedy. So <laughs> I'm when, trying to think, I feel like there was like one scene where like Samonosuke actually laughs out loud and it's really cringy. Oh yeah. I remember and I'm that. trying to think, I'm trying it's to like, think of the dialogue. Huh, 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 huh. Yeah. It was like, yeah. <laughs> it was like a really the dialogue laugh. of why he laughed. I was like, was that a joke? Was there a joke being played there? I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know, anyway. man. I, I, it's just like, there that when when they started playing up the comedy like when when they made brave fencer musashi afraid of heights on the bridge like i was just sort of like okay well that's just being smart (laughs) let me tell you you should be afraid of fucking heights all right (laughs) right right no i mean yeah 100 percent. but the people die at the fair a lot (laughs) 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 being afraid of heights and like being a crippled crying girl in fetal position is different. And that's kind of what they did to him. They did like yeah. the, they did well, that. He's a strong, he's a strong whitish male. So he got, yeah, yeah, they had to give him a weakness, but it's like a dumb weakness that is sort of a comedy, sort of like a comedy aspect to the show. Like, cause they even reference it later. Uh, the fat guy, Goru Maru, He's like, oh, he's a lot different now that he's not on the bridge, ha ha ha, or some shit when he's fighting. And it's just like, I don't want that from Onimusha. I just yeah, don't. Like, again, I feel like now that you bring that up, I don't know f- for certain, but it seems as if that is an actual attribute of the real Musashi Miyamoto. Like somewhere. Ah. 
Yeah. He's afraid of heights. That could and be. Miyamoto fans are supposed to pick up on that. Again, another uh, point to it being more about Musashi than Onimusha. Yeah, so. it definitely. Um, yeah, the them adopting the girl, I was fine with, but like the way they started calling her the leader was a little cringy. I was just like, okay. <laughs> Bring, bringing her what about what about musashi like always having the quips after she says something like oh no you pissed her off like she's yeah. like this big badass or something it, yeah just sort of like man like i get that you need some levity and like having a kid character that you kind of have to escort adds like a sense of danger and peril to the mission it's like an extra variable um but I just feel like the way they handled it felt a little heavy handed at times. It almost felt like she became the main character of the show at the end, which uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like, well, who knows? They might have plans. Well, had plans to make another series and it would have been grown up her. Well, yeah, the final scene is with her. So, like, that sort of corroborates my thought on this, is that she becomes the main character in the end, because the end, you never see Brave Fencer Musashi again after he gets on the boat and leaves um, his rival's corpse, I guess. if I, I'm still yeah. unclear about how that shit ended. It's like... He was already dead. Did he kill him again? Is he actually dead? Did he just disappear? Did he even win the fight? I don't. I, it's fucking weird. It was one of the most abrupt, weird fights I've ever seen. Well, it was one of those classic, did he die or not mm-hmm. endings, you know, where they can bring him back if he if it works out. Yeah, but I it's mean, classic, they, easy, open ended storytelling. Well, where they're they, waiting for the fan base to do the real depth Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) well the point is is they could have ended it there but they made it a point to show boss baby go to the local inn and be like here's a gold nugget i live here now bitch and then like the fucking innkeepers all like she's a handful but she can pay (laughs) it's like okay we all know what would happen in real life that couple would have fucking tied that little girl up and told Orchard her and yeah, they would where she they, got the rest of the gold. They would have fucking robbed her and then sold her into fucking child sex slavery. It's fucking like if we're being real about the period of time, like dude, I shit was savage back then, dude. People fuck yeah, everyone was, was evil. Brutal. Yeah, like like oh yeah, we're just gonna take her gold and let her stay here indefinitely and let her take a bath and clean her face off and sparkle like a K-pop star. And that's the end, everyone. I don't know. That ending rubbed me, rubbed me in the wrong way. <laughs> it was just lame. It was. Especially like, I think it was super symbolic of the series in general. Mm-hmm. At the, the very last scene was the uh, the gauntlet going back in the box, you know, and, and at the monk. He's like, wow, it's a lot heavier than when it left. <laughs> and that was oh, yeah. it. It was just like, uh-huh. it was like, damn, dude, such a boring ass line is this, what the series is going to go out on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This this series was middle loaded at a really weak beginning and kind of a weak end, but the middle was pretty good. It was decent anyway. Yeah. Uh, but another criticism: soundtrack, fucking weak ass soundtrack. Do you even remember a single song in the anime, Nicholas? No. <laughs> exactly, also, another man. missed opportunity too. Dude, there should have been some classic fucking noises from the series. Too. Dude, it should have had classic. like that j- classic Japanese wood flute shit, like yep. from Naruto and shit. Like, where's that at? Like, <laughs> or the on. or the or like the I forget what it's called. It's like the four string fiddle type thing, where it's mm-hmm. like where they make that really weird long yep. whine. The yeah that they played every time jiraiya would come into a scene in naruto yeah yeah that whatever that instrument is yeah it's also just some really cool enemies they missed out on you know remember the the ninjas with the blades and they their their top half of their head was their brain exposed and their like mouths were just like skeleton skull like bone 
and Damn. they had glowing green eyes and they I had totally like, forgotten about that and then when they yeah, dashed like their green that. eyes mm-hmm. did like the splinter cell effect yep. type shit yep like those those guys are so iconic i was really expecting them to at least show up as like a big baddie you know yeah. or one of the remember the tall towering central guys that had the cool swoosh swords yeah with the shield not even one of those um uh what else dude like remember the remember the deep or what it was called it was like the bonus realm where you like eventually like oh yeah at some point in it's the like game, the cow level of onimusha yeah but remember the guy that brings you there he mm-hmm. just hangs on a string he just mm-hmm. pops down like there's so many yeah. missed opportunity call outs like the most minor mm-hmm. like not one of them there's not one thing in it where you're like, oh, damn, thanks, guys. The member berries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a this this anime is sort of a bait and switch. It just it was a bait and switch. It wasn't Onimusha. They just used the IP of Onimusha to sell something else. That's really all there is to it. Like, <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> I don't like well, what they what that's something else they were trying to sell i'm still confused on me that's too the, that's that's the mysterious part of the whole thing is mm-hmm. what was it that they were trying to sell to us exactly <laughs> yeah like it was just the way that the show progressed it was just this weird a, it's like a ship without a rudder dude it just seems definitely floating in the sea and finally onimusha washed ashore and we we're like thanks yep <laughs> Everything just happened super abruptly, like the transition from episode to episode. I am very, very glad that I did not. Uh, and I watched this quick because if I didn't watch this quick, I would have fucking forgot what happened and con- been constantly going back an episode to remember because one episode to the next, it's just like jarringly abrupt. Like, you're just like, what? How to get to this shit? Yeah, and I think that was like their attempt of like passing the days, like the sense of passing the days, I think, because they were doing like that long journey. So, like, every episode was supposed to be, you know, a week's time had passed, you know, and they're now in a new area. And I feel like that's what kind of they were supposed to be going for, but it did just feel jarring, mm-hmm. mainly because. There was no context they were leaving or entering, you know, like from mm-hmm. episode to episode, there was no like, oh, that was what they talked about last episode or, uh, oh, I think I heard a character mention that character like in the first episode, like foreshadowing. There's no foreshadowing. There's no... Nope. Uh, there's no. There's no storytelling. It's just. It's very bland. Just like, this is Miyamoto Musashi, and he got a gauntlet from a monk, and this other monk's gonna follow him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, it's just. It's very like when you brought up the Seven Samurai earlier. It was so generic. I didn't even pick up on that. Like when mm-hmm. you said samurai, I was like, "Oh, it is kind of like a poor man seven samurai." I didn't even think about mm-hmm. that. I so, mean, a little bit. Like even like if you think about it, even though technically the entire village was decimated when they got there, you can just think of the little girl's village as the sort of the village from Seven Samurai that asks them for help. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's not exactly yeah. the same, but it's really fucking close. Uh, the empire just wasn't stealing rice, dude. No, no. Upgrading to spice. Christopher Walken, the emperor, comes down. God, I can't wait for Dune Two. Anyway, uh, what do you think about the butler? Because I found him to be like the most interesting character in the entire show, even though he's in one episode and then dies instantly, like most characters in the show. But he, I don't know, he reminded me of someone from anime past, maybe. There's something about him where I was just like, I like this guy. He reminds me of like a sort of wacky, sort of weird villain guy that maybe I saw as a kid in something. Might remind you of like Slayer from Guilty Gear. (laughs) Maybe, maybe that's it. 
kind of had like those weird like cartoonish like lunge mm-hmm. type vibes to him you know? that might be it honestly um, because that is sort of what i was thinking like his movements were what i was like there's something familiar about him yeah well he also has an iconic japanese perspective on the aristocratic white guy from the our europe the west essentially mm-hmm. you know it's like they have a very pencil sharp beard with like in, you know how mine kind of like plateaus instead it's like a fucking like point that goes up into their chin and they usually have very widow peak type sharp points all around their hairlines and stuff and mm-hmm. They're usually bombastic, too. You know, like I brought up Slayer, for instance. You know, all of his attacks and stuff is him, like, floating his arm off and slapping you and, like, you know, snapping at you, whipping his cape. You know, very uh, rich man vibes, you know, like... Yeah. That's the Japanese... You know, another character that's a good reference is um, Walter from Helsing. Oh, you know that's who it was. It was fucking Walter. You nailed it. That's who I was thinking of. But but there's all kinds of like that that char- that character is an archetype, is what I guess is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say for Japanese writers in anime. Like they really like making white dudes like that, and they always love using the rich white dudes' names like Bishop and yeah. Walter and Bartholomew, <laughs> Bartholomew and shit like that. <laughs> it's always one of those names, you know. It's like uh-huh. I've never met a dude. I've never met a white dude in America with those names, but <laughs> they love using them over there. But I'm naming my firstborn Bartholomew. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> I, uh, I, I also really, I really enjoyed the fact that the uh, butler, when he when you know when they turned him down, you know. He's like, fine, I'll change how I'm handling the situation. He just fucking calls a chariot in and starts riding around yeah, in a chariot. Like, that was so good. You know, that's, that's another <laughs> a great example of them going out of their way mm-hmm. to not be Onimusha. Mm-hmm. It's like here you yes. have all these opportunities, missed opportunities to bring in Onimusha enemies, and now you have a scene where you're going out of your fucking way to change an enemy into its own thing. There was never a fucking Minotaur archer in Onimusha, especially not carrying a fucking chariot with a white dude named what was his name again? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> and he had the most like, dude, that guy was throwing some blue steel Zoolander faces. Like, yep. remember when the purple mist clears and Wrong. fucking what's his name gets thrown out bodied and he's just like coming out of the smoke like, what's up, bitches? Yeah. <laughs> Like I just bodied that dude. Yeah, <laughs> poison. <laughs> yeah, if this were live action, they totally should have cast uh, Anders from Workaholics to play him and put on like old man makeup on him. It would have been perfect. <laughs> oh man, it was. I, I, just, I just you reminded me of that scene from Workaholics where they're running the illegitimate hot tub touring business. <laughs> and the people come by and they're like, Bradley Cooper! And he's like, welcome to our country. <laughs> I just imagine an Andre standing at the steps as a butler, like all those samurai, and he's like, welcome to my house. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, well... Uh... Any other final thoughts on this uh, eight-episode masterpiece known as Onimusha? I want something better. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're getting it, but mm -hmm, go on. Uh, I hope. I guess, you know, it's a good time just to talk about poorly handled IPs. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) You know... It goes to show you that it really is RNG. It doesn't matter how good an IP is. Great you know, use like, of the term RNG, by the way. But go on. Yeah. It, but you can't... Just because something is beloved or cult classic or for all purposes, it, it actually was a hit success. Mm-hmm. As time goes on there's this mysterious effect that happens and it's called IPs getting in the wrong fucking hands. Mm-hmm. Hello, Alex Kurtzman. 
and it just it just happens with the best of them. It doesn't make happen with the worst of them and the best of them. Noni Musha is a, another example long in the long history of of IPs that we wish we could just have more of, like in video game world. You know, everyone wants another Chrono Trigger, or a, a real sequel to Xenogears, or uh, 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 Wild Arms to come back, or uh, you can just go down the Shadow RPG Hearts. line. Yeah, there's, there's so many obscure JRPG yeah. lineages that have just ended that I would but, kill to bring back. Yeah, and it's just like here again, here we are with Onimusha being absent for so long. So many people just wanting a video game from Capcom after the sixth. I mean, how many times have we gotten a Street Fighter after after <sighs> like the gap between six uh-huh. and five and four? You know, and and no Onimushas in that time. Uh, the Mega Man's they've missed out on. Well, Inafune's gone, mm-hmm. so yeah, chances of a real that's Mega- the problem. It's that, just yeah. it's just sad because it's clearly a beloved IP. There's so much stuff them for them to draw from, and there's not one person in the kitchen over there. Not one person. That could manage a half decent anime and a cheap budgeted anime at that. Like they, I mean, they weren't. They clearly weren't breaking the bank over there, unless Capcom's in dire straits and no one knows it. Maybe you know that. Who knows? That could be it. But something tells me the twenty dollars skins their people are buying in Street Fighter Six are doing pretty nice. Give you give you an idea. Halo Infinite, who's been pretty bad as far as sales goes with Microsoft. They just released the Master Chief skin in the store for $20 or whatever. And it's been selling like fucking crazy. I think there was a they did like some numbers that they've made more money off of the Master Chief skin in like the first 2 weeks than they have in the entirety of Halo Infinite. That's including the campaign sales and all the other microtransaction sales from the store for the past two years. Yeah, That means the one skin gave them more profit in two weeks than the last two years. You know? So keep that in mind when, you know, I say shit like that. So, I don't know. It's just... It's a blunder, and it's an unfortunate blunder. It is. And it happens all too often with too many good IPs. So it's sad <sighs> it to does. see Onimusha on that list. That's that's it what does. I will say. And and you kind of you know, we don't review very much anime. It's sad, honestly. It's like one of the things that it's I'm true. most sad this is about. The first anime we've seen and reviewed in a long time. Well, this is this is what we've reviewed. We've reviewed Maiden Abyss, Bleach. The first season of the Bleach Thousand Year War arc, and this. This is really our third anime review in the entire history of this podcast, which is depressing to me. But part of the reason why is because this happens a lot. Like, there's just a lot of disappointing, sort of trash bin anime out there that doesn't even try to be great. And you compare this to Bleach that we just previously reviewed. I think a lot of people out there were kind of low on Bleach on that first. Uh, I don't know if the second part of the Thousand Year War has come out. I don't think it has. But I talked to a bunch of my anime friends and they weren't super high on it. And I was like, really? I fucking love that shit. I thought it was great. Now compare that to this. Compare that arc of Bleach to this eight episodes of Onimusha. Oh. It's this like won't com- even be on the radar for anybody. Dude, it's like comparing like Barry Bonds to like a second grader in Little League, dude. It's it's embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, there's no comparison at all. And I mean there shouldn't be to be honest, like even if we were talking about a good Onimusha series, I still wouldn't expect it to be as good as a high budget OVA style retelling anime of uh, of a beloved manga well, yeah. slash anime 
that's a weird thing, you know, like it was done it prematurely ending because mm-hmm. the guy thought he was going to die and then it came back, yada, yada, yada. But you get what I'm saying. It's yeah. the budget, the scope, the attention on it far outweighs anything that even a new good, quote unquote, Onimusha series would ever get. Yeah. But well, that pro- being said, yeah. production values wise, 100% agree with yeah. you. But that's the thing about video games and anime and TV and movies is that you can overcome production values with good writing. You can do it. It happens all the time. Onimusha could have come out hot with some good writing and still had the shitty CG and the shitty AI generated background art and all the other crap of the low production that we're talking about, but still could have came in hot with the story and could have been good it could have had a better story than Bleach's Thousand Year War arc. Easily. SGU. SGU. Established IP. Totally brand new. It's an example of getting new people, well, an attempt to get new people into an existing IP. And I loved it. Old fans, new fans, right? Mm-hmm. At least from my perspective. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And uh, on on that note, broadcaster, as you know, here in the crack cellar, we have an official patented Mr. Satan rating system that you yourself invented. So documents are classified. You you, there is no way in, in a thousand years of war that you'd ever forget a rank in your own ranking system, broadcaster. So I need to ask you, what do you rank Onimusha, the Netflix series? Let me review the documents real quick. <laughs> What's the C rank again? <laughs> I'm gonna go. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to be honest. I feel like it's a tug of war I... on your emotions, isn't it? Because you love yeah. a <laughs> I get it. I got to, to be honest. It's a Harvey Cartel. I mean, it's just... Oh, it's, shit. It's fucking dog shit, to Giving be honest. Giving it the capital D. Yeah. It has to be, to be honest. It deserves it. The animation's mm-hmm. very poor. The pacing is very poor. The characters are not... I mean, other than Musashi, and you can't... I'm not going to say the character's not iconic, because it's fucking Musashi Miyamoto, but I'm saying in this context, in the story context, none of the characters are iconic. Like... Yeah. Nothing about them is cool, you know. Like you brought up with the Seven Samurai, they're trying to copy something and not even well, <laughs> you know. No. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nothing redeeming about the series for me, other than Lemon being bodied. That was pretty funny, and uh, the soul, the the soul scene. I will say the soul scene really stuck out is the cool moment in yeah. the series that I think all the Onimusha fans were pretty much waiting for mm-hmm. from the get go. They're like, let's yeah, see some soul sucking here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, if you remove the episode with the the gauntlet soul sucking scene against the y- Yoshi brothers, the Yaki Sober bro- yeah, whatever the Yaki Sober Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> if you remove that episode from this, I would give it a fat D as well. But that one episode is gonna give me enough oomph to give it an Elizabeth Hurley. Now, I might be being a little bit generous right now, but I'm telling you right now, Onimusha didn't have that good of tits. <laughs> no, no, it didn't. It never did. Uh the spider, the spider demon from Onimusha that flirted with Sananosuke all the time. She had some nice tits, but they weren't Elizabeth Hurley nice. Spider. Oh, you're talking about the bee demon. It yeah. is like a spider, spider bee type thing. Yeah. Uh, this was not a good show. It wasn't an Onimusha show. I don't understand how it got made or what it is or what it wanted to be. I don't understand the pacing. I don't understand why the backstory got beautiful hand-drawn art, but the rest of the show got a god-awful, ugly CG. There's so much about the show I don't understand. 
But what the one thing that just gives it a little glimmer of light in the darkness is that one episode. Fucking seeing the monk go fucking TN on that bell. <laughs> like like there that one episode carried the show for me. It's like he knew. He's like, I gotta spice this shit up. <laughs> I'll sacrifice myself. <laughs> and on that note, we'll close out. Kind of funny too, because the guy's like burning, right? He's like mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, shit, we can get some leverage with the stick. (laughs) (laughs) That was absurd. That whole whole plot point was absurd as hell, but it was cool. (laughs) That chick would have been cooked, dude. Oh, (laughs) yeah, definitely. That would have been like that Troy scene, dude, where they stuck those dudes in the iron bowl and put the fire below it. (laughs) It's fucking cool.